You are listening to iRadio TT online all the time. Welcome to Music Matters, the Caribbean edition. The podcast series featuring news, interviews and analysis of all the music from the islands. Good morning everybody and welcome to Music Matters. The Caribbean edition. I am Laura Dowridge Phillips. I am Nigel Campbell. I'm still Nigel Campbell trying to talk over Laura, but that's how life is in Trinidad and Tobago. Good morning, Nigel. Good morning, Laura. How are you? I am good. I am good. So, let's jump in because I know that you're fresh back from Jamaica. Yeah, baby. And Jamaica Carnival. Yeah, man. Yeah, Jamaica Carnival. How many years are in existence? Just under curiosity. It's just under 20 years since it was fighting barony started. The carnival in a big way around 1999. Uh-huh. And uh, it, we, what we're seeing, it's not as big as it was in the early days when he started it. Uh-huh. But what we're seeing in terms of crowd participation, but what we see now is more bands on the road. So yeah. there are three bands, two new bands on the scene. Yeah. And so that made it four bands in total, but only three on the road this year. So there was Jamaica, Exodus, and Bacchanal, Jamaica. And so the two, the inclusion of the two new bands who are affiliated with bands in Trinidad mm-hmm. have seen a, an explosion in the popularity of Carnival in Jamaica. So Carnival is not what we mean. export. We export in Carnival Listen, in a big way. Listen, I realized watching... As a corporate event. <laughs> yes. W- being in Jamaica and, and, you know, the land of reggae and dancehall, mm. and I'm listening to Soka and I'm seeing literally all the urban DJs from Trinidad there. Wow. All these, there were more soca artists in Jamaica this year than I think ever before. Mm-hmm. And I realized this is our export. We in Trinidad and Tobago, we export a cultural product, mm. not just the music, the mass, the whole concept of partying, mm-hmm. the whole framework and everything. This is what we've been exporting. That is interesting. And of course, we'll just tie it back to music because, um, um, yeah, they say that major, a, a large number of soca artists were in Jamaica. And um, obviously getting paid, I'm assuming getting paid in US dollars, getting mm-hmm. endorsements, getting brand deals and all that kind of stuff, which is nice to understand. Ideally, what we like to talk about this week, and I guess we could incorporate it with your experience in Jamaica, is the idea of media, broadcasts, royalty payments, and how it reflects on artists and whether it's a growth area for artists and things. Yeah. Not too heavy jargon in and thing, but clearly the experiences <laughs> that you had in Jamaica being like thing. Now... And if I if I hear it, okay, four bands in Jamaica, three bands on the road. Doesn't sound like much, but I'm assuming a lot of the carnival is based on fets. Is that correct? Yes, it's it's mostly fed driven. So, so almost like Trinidad. It's almost like, like Trinidad. Two days are carnival, but ten days are fet. Exactly. <laughs> mm. So their fet season pretty much starts as soon as Trinidad carnival is is finished. They have one or two fets coming up, but as you get so their their carnival season really mm. extends from Easter weekend to the mm-hmm. weekend after. Okay. And that week mm-hmm. is chock full of fets. There were fets upon fets upon fets upon fets. The fet calendar was pretty extensive this year. Wow. It, it, it just, it's just like Trinidad. You could go to a fet in the morning, a juve party in the morning, mm-hmm. and then go straight to another party mid-morning, and go to another party mid-evening, and go to another party So this is Jamaica. This Land is of Regan Dancehall. This is this Jamaica. This is not a part of Jamaica. This is Jamaica. Because, this is Jamaica. Because now um, I want to know, as I said, in terms of radio, they have what 16, 17 radio stations in yeah. Jamaica, and um, 
you know if they're playing reggae music and i'm sorry soca music well from what i understand they do i mean our friends in media there i didn't listen to a whole lot of radio while i was there but our friends mm. in media there and yes they told tell me they they play soca especially in the lead up to carnival you will hear soca if there's an artist like Marsh montano who's pretty big mm. or destro who's pretty big over there their music will be in regular rotation during the year uh-huh. but but coming up that carnival period you will hear soca not as intense as trinidad where you will get Every where we do us literally do a soca switch, switch yes. and that's all we Trademark play penny. for like three months. Uh-huh. It's not as bad as here, but you do get some soca. And if people know the soca, because mm-hmm. you have a lot of Jamaicans who come to Trinidad yeah. for carnival, uh-huh. so they know the soca from here. They go back there, soca playing. I see people on the road singing all the songs, word dancing for word. word for word, and they play all the songs. Mm-hmm. You know, I heard songs from not just from Trinidad as well. I heard soca from Barbados, soca from Grenada, soca from Antigua. You got so a good a, mix of soca. Almost like a real Caribbean carnival. Yeah. But, and it didn't discriminate on what they played. Remember, I was telling you, I chipping down the road with Bacchanal, mm-hmm. Jamaica, and I'm singing Orlando Octave, Trinidad, I love you so. <laughs> ah, and yeah. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> Jamaica, you reach the reach. <laughs> Jamaica embracing all these songs. I well, I lived in North America, and of course, when in North America is a Caribbean thing, so people has come out and find their, their roots, Haitians, yeah. Virgin Islanders, and that kind of thing. And DJs will play soca music, mainly from Trinidad, but they certainly will find other music and thing, yeah. other Caribbean music. But what you're saying, and only in this, in our episode number, we spoke about the idea of soca being a Caribbean phenomenon. Yes, it very and much. And clearly, is. Jamaica represents that kind of stuff. What was the most dominant song then in, that you heard there? I, that's his thing, you know. What was the most dumb? I think the most dominant artist was mm. Marshall. I heard a lot of Marshall songs. Well, I probably heard Marshall's entire catalog yeah. of music. <laughs> his whole catalog going back for previous I heard years. a lot of Marshall songs. So I, mm-hmm. I don't know that there was a dominant song, mm-hmm. but there was certainly a dominant artist. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is what I've heard, well, I heard played through DJs. Mm-hmm. Um, on the, on the road and in the parties, um, in terms of live performances, I think these boys from Grenada had a pretty good run. These boys Bill Natty and Thunder All with right. Top Strike. I think they had mm-hmm. a really good run. Last night I drink the rum and I'm falling down, but I know this morning I wake you know. No, I'm telling you, I drink the rum last night and I fall in love. No, I'm thanking God for waking me. No, I wake you up. I don't see a mass of money. I'm gonna have an exceptional year. So, Power Soka, Groovy Soka, what's happening in Jamaica? Um, you know, I think because Jamaica doesn't really have a soca cult, an indigenous soca culture, yeah? they're pretty mm. much open to all the music. I mean, in the feds, you hear everything. Of course, people want to jump up. Yeah. Um, other islands, you know, it would be pure power. But mm. there was a good mix of the music there. Yeah. So as I was saying, the idea of, um, Jamaica utilizing soca music for their, they were not their carnival, but the carnival in Jamaica kind of led me to think about, well, you know, for this week, we could be talking about an extension of, the idea of intellectual property, the idea of whether media is, it really breaks music. Yeah. Whether artists are benefiting from broadcast media in 20, in 2018. Because, um, 
just about a couple of weeks ago, back in the beginning of April, I went to a meeting. There was a meeting of a group here called the Artists Alliance. Right. Who called together a meeting of, well, artists as well as interesting persons to, to kind of vent and to kind of give an update of what they're seeing as a kind of unfairness in terms of royalty distribution for songwriters, obviously, and, and more so now this new phenomenon we have called neighboring rights, mm-hmm. which is the kind of right that comes from performers and producers. Now, it's written into our law since 2008, but the, the big issue is that um, Fabian Alfonso, who was there, who I will be talking to, he made the point that the business model, although we have the act since 2008, a decade ago, we haven't created a business model. That right. is the infrastructure to collect yeah. neighboring royalties, right? There were a couple of attempts to do it. There was a group called Rewrap, of which Fabian was a part. And then there was a group called Taps, which kind of came and went almost as, as fast as I said the sentence. So now the new thing is that Cot has recently signed a MOU with IFPI to set up the agency to collect neighboring right royalties, right? So that Fed promoters will now have to pay a second set of money in addition to just the Cot license, which only handled for songwriters. Right. And I guess similarly, radio stations. I guess these are negotiated situations, but certainly in America, they all negotiate. I don't know what's going to happen. It's a brand new, it's a brand new, a brand new day and a brand new space and a brand new way of doing business for the music. But as I said, some of these artists were complaining because at present, TTCO is the, the registered organization with the IP office who's kind of mandated as it was to collect neighboring right royalties. No, so Nigel, before you continue, for those who may not know, because not a lot of people are very familiar with the copyright space, mm-hmm. what exactly is neighboring rights? All right. When, when you write a song, and record a song specifically, there are a bunch of rights that come up, right? Copyright is the one that we know. Copyright is the right given to a composer right. who writes the melody words. That's the that's the other thing. Producers and performers also have a certain right in the recorded music, right? And in our in our jurisdiction here, we have producers generate a beat. The way that, way that songs yeah. are written in the long, in the past, as I'm answering with a piano, write, yeah. the, write the song. Now it is a producer will come up with a beat and an artist will come and sing a song. So the artist generally who comes and sings a melody in the words, he gets he gets the credit as a songwriter. Right. But the producer, at the end of the day, because he writes a bed, which is the the, the chords and the and the thing, as a producer he gets money, and that's called the neighboring rights. Okay. Right. And of course the performer gets a certain payment and thing. And now even and within the performer it includes also the musicians and background vocalists and actors. So that means that the producer has to be registered with a copyright agency in order to collect. Well, this is the new thing, as as Fabian was mentioning, this is part of the new infrastructure because there there weren't really any agencies for them to to to, yeah. to register in. So of course producers made their money by a deal, a kind of right, private so deal. Some kind of deal with some, the, with with the, the artist and, right. and the performer and that kind and of stuff. And we've seen so many issues arise with that in the past. That is most massive. famous. The last most famous one I think was with multi Yes. And and job melody. Jar melody yes, and them. Yes. Yes. Sunita. Yes. Yes. Sunita. Correct. Yes. yes. And of course now that we have rhythms as being a phenomenon in our music, that is one of the things that we um, have to start getting up and ready. Right. So as I said, I went to this meeting last um couple of weeks ago, and the artists, of course, you know, were complaining, and there was a lot of one was misinformation. Fabian actually kind of he he headed the meeting, and he was like the moderator of the meeting. But members in the audience, whether they were young artists, upcoming artists, or even somebody persons who have been around for a very very long time, Roy Cape famously, Pelham Goddard was there. Roy Cape spoke, Pelham didn't necessarily speak, but these are artists who are kind of the basis and the groundation, as mm-hmm. they would say, of our soca industry. And it was apparent to me as an observer because I went there and also the, the chairman of, the, not the chairman, the president of court was there. 
and some other cutboard members. But what became apparent was that there was a lot of misinformation and there was a lot of ignorance of the rules and the laws. Not ignorance as in attitude, but ignorance yeah. of the laws and what what is due and what is not due. And there were a lot of heated discussions and you know, cussing and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but the, the bigger issue I think was that um it kind of it kind of showcased a kind of I won't say naivete, but a kind of entitlement. Well, entitlement is one thing that has always been argued about artists, right? But when an artist doesn't know, he doesn't know. And if he right. know, if he does know, that he doesn't know. Basic lack of education. Yeah, and if he does know, that he doesn't know. It right. it doesn't help anybody. So that, and these are the ones who have been speaking. So that it becomes apparent that we need a kind of re-education, certainly a re-education for the new paradigm of which music is, because as much as we talk about music and radio globally, radio is kind of taking a second spot now to streaming. Yes. Right, and of course, online media and that kind of stuff. And I mean, looking at some of the cut figures so over the years, we've always heard this kind of figure about cut in the royalty distribution for broadcast media. A lot, a large majority of the music of the royalties that are paid, collected by cut from broadcasters, is exported. Yeah. So that um, it's not to say, and I mean, there of course we've always had these debates about quotas and that kind of thing. I mean, the quota system, we we that was out of our hands when we signed WIPO and and. Trips and WTO conventions and but kind I always of stuff. wonder. I mean, how mm. how quotas would work in a today's digital world where you have such a democracy of of you know when it comes to to choosing how well how and when you listen to music. Well, uh, yes, because within the 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 advent of streaming as a new way to listen to music, and a, a person depending on where they live, how they live, and how they grow up. Could listen to anything, right? And they may opt not to listen to soca at all, and, and not just, or, or and local not just, music at and all. And not just streaming. I mean, there are mm. so many platforms. Or if, if for instance, if I don't like, I don't want to hear the radio hits. Mm-hmm. There are there are platforms you can go on that will only give you songs by independent artists. And artists correct, you know, yeah. you could or you could just listen to a podcast, mm-hmm. or you know, you yeah. could you could, you could choose you mm-hmm. could choose where you go, what kind of music you listen to, and where you go. Mm-hmm. That is, as I said, that is a new wave of the music industry. I still believe the one, uh, there was a recent survey by MFO that asked people, well, how do they get the information? Right? Yes. And radio and television, good old fashioned radio and television is still our dominant things here. Yeah, right? it's a cultural thing. Yeah. So that, I mean, in Trinidad and Tobago, that's what it is. But we're also trying to have a global music industry. Yes. So that our art is supposed to compete with artists from Jamaica and Sweden and And, and there are a lot of younger artists who don't mm-hmm. rely on radio because they know hey, that they're not going to get their music played. Exactly. Anyway. There's that kind of yeah, understood thing. Yeah. That it's not going to be played. So they rely on SoundCloud and mm. and Spotify and Spotify, all these other yeah. platforms to, to push Apple their music. music. And thing, yeah. So as I was saying, um, in that group that I was listening with the Artist Alliance, it, um, it came across as artists were, you know, we're still kind of behind the curve in terms of understanding what the business of music is, unfortunately. And as Fabian said, we're also way behind the curve in terms of having that whole infrastructure and that whole create that whole yeah. environment yeah. milieu to <laughs> to develop um to develop the industry. And that is that has been a kind of a kind of a, a disappointment on my part in terms of looking on the industry because the industry didn't start yesterday. No. This has been quite some time and, and all these trends that are happening globally that are slowly seeping into our space have not been, we have not been taken on. We, we, we try to jump on and say, well, I'm into, um, to, to streaming and I'm doing this and I'm digital yeah. and you have the latest tech and that kind of stuff. But you're not putting it in the context of how we actually run the business of music, which is kind of unfortunate. But as I was saying, in mm, terms starting of... Starting from just the talent, mm-hmm. development of the talent, because some of these people are complaining about 
lack of radio and lack of support. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you have material, content that well, is worthy of this, radio support? This is a debatable <laughs> point. Yeah, and you talk about, you use the word entitlement just now one thing. Uh, this is one of the things that I've been doing. I've been doing some counting of the amount of music that we produce, right? Admittedly, in Soka, I think you can have about 600 songs. Yes. And I think that produce, you could produce about 48 hours of continuous Soka music without having a repeat per season, right? Yeah. But, um, in that 48 hours, you'll have some bad and you'll have some music that is okay. Yeah. I personally think we have a lot of bad, right? But that's yeah. an opinion, right? But I mean, there are, there are artists that, like I remember over Carnival, I was talking to some producers, mm-hmm. um, Casey, Philip, and, yeah. um, Pop, Pops, Pop, Sh- Jelani. Pops, yeah, yeah sure. Jelani Shaw, mm-hmm. and a couple others. And they were saying that, you know, even though we have all that music that we produce, yes, they said that's not even enough. That doesn't even it's come not close enough. to what in, internationally enough. is produced by mm-hmm. artists. Exactly. The artists might put, come up with a hundred songs mm-hmm. a year and say, yeah, I like real work. But yeah. outside there, artists have like a thousand songs. And it's, that is something that we've been talking about. I remember I spoke to our good friend Soini about that. Yes. That in terms of um the numbers of the quantity of music that we produce annually, it's not enough it's to not sustain enough. a radio station. No. It's not enough to sustain a streaming system. Because a streaming yeah. system, have, you have to have a, a pool of, well, people like Apple and them have millions of songs. Yeah. But if you only wanted to go, you have to have tens and tens of thousands of songs. Because, as I said, because based on choice, humans make decisions almost split le- split second, gut yes. level. I ain't like this, I like this. Yes. So a lot of songs will be discarded. There are hits and there are a lot of misses. Yes. More misses than hits. Right. And the bigger the pool, you have the to big, choose from the more hits the that more, you the more like hits you can to generate. Have. Yeah, that is what that is what makes the music industry go wrong. So as I was saying, um, in your Jamaican experience, um, you said there were seventeen radio stations, and we all know that. And I know they don't have quota systems in Jamaica. No, they don't. But we have our artists for that little short season for Carnival have to get onto the radio stations, and they've done. They've given us space on the radio stations because yeah. some years ago, certainly, I know people saying we need reggae, we need Jamaican music and Jamaican radio stations, and yes, not more, yeah. nothing less. But there's been space for us and thing. But um, yet still, as yet still, there's this idea of how do we collect royalties, how do we make money from the music, and how do we make money from radio? And of course, now that we have this new diamond, this now this new this new world of music that includes streaming. Yes. Right, where streaming is a new way of listening to music and streaming is basically up to an individual who may or may not be influenced to hear music. It now becomes how do you market your music to these people, right? And how do you influence the music and whether or not the music doesn't matter whether I wrote a good song and I spent a hundred thousand dollars to make the song. Yes. Is well yeah, convince me. Yes. You know how to slap you in my head. And you know, if you look at some of the younger artists, I've been looking Mm -hmm. at 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 people like Shensia. Out of, Jamaica, her, out of Jamaica, um, yeah. Nyla Blackman. She works so yeah. much with, with Shensi. I'm looking at how these younger artists are operating. Mm-hmm. They are marketing machines. That is what it is They now. are keeping themselves. The I brand, mean, they, it's I, all about the brand. Because you have the examples. You have the Rihanna, you have, mm-hmm. you have Drake, you have mm-hmm. Beyonce. There are examples there. They constantly keep themselves in the public eye and they're always doing something. I think one of the things that they also do, as, as we just said, eh, there's... The idea of constantly making music because yes. if you're not making music, you're wasting time as far yes. as I'm concerned. Yes. So that the idea of, uh, this has been a, a since time immemorial and certainly since we've had a kind of modern music industry so from the 70s, the idea of having the cyclical record industry that's based on carnival. 
Yes, we're exporting Carnival Sydney to Jamaica and the rest of the Caribbean and more power yes. to us, right? But if our music industry is tied only to Carnival, crap will smoke pipe. But I think that is changing and I think it has been changing slowly. Um, more and more artists, when you talk to them now, they'll tell you, I'm not producing music for Carnival. Are they quote-unquote soca artists or doing they this? They are soca artists, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Look at Bungie. Bungie will tell you, just in a re- recent, talking to Bungie in Jamaica, and he said mm-hmm. that to someone. He said, I don't make music for Carnival. When I make music. He makes music. And if it falls into the Carnival space, great. But I mm-hmm. am just making, and he's, he's certainly one artist who's been putting out music throughout the year. And yes, and certainly you by know, collaborations yes, globally. Right, somebody mm-hmm. like Charles Marshall also, a DJ, mm-hmm. you know, turned soca artist. Mm-hmm. He has been putting out music throughout the year. And also what he's been doing if he's not putting out new music, ultimately Jax is another artist. Deal. I know that also produce a lot of music. Right. Uh-huh. But in Shark case, what I realized, like what he did last year, he delayed his videos mm-hmm. until later on in the year. Okay. So the song may have been big for Carnival, mm-hmm. but sometimes a video coming out in July. Is that, a, is that these... something that happens because money is not available? No, it's, I think they know what they're doing. It gives it gives you longevity. It well, gives you more excitement. I know there's this idea and this phenomenon of, of the ultimate of a continuous carnival season starting in Trinidad and yes, there's in a Jamaica, circuit. Bahamas. There's a circuit. There. There's a circuit. Ending in Miami, October yes, the following year, yes, right? Yes. So that the idea of carnival is only two days in Trinidad is no. gone. I think that's that's We now have an established car. And this is what I, I learned to interviewing. I did an interview with Kamal Banki, who is mm-hmm. the head of Exodus. He's also the chairman. Carnival Band in Jamaica Exodus. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's also the chairman of the Jamaica um, Sport and Entertainment Committee and the head of the Carnival Commission in Jamaica. Yes. And he was telling me, you know, talking about Jamaica's, Jamaica Carnival and what, you know, you know Trinidad's field, the comment is still Carnival, right? So when mm-hmm. I asked him about that, his response was, Jamaica is simply trying to establish themselves as one of the carnival destinations in the, the carnival soca slash soca circuit. So you know, well, they have um, Trinidadian hysterical. Do we? <laughs> Listen, people are hysterical. I think last year people started to get real antsy. Like, oh my God, Jamaica for the TV carnival. Oh my God, what is going to happen to us? But in, in terms of tourist numbers, y'all are definitely a threat to us because... You know, just the time of year, you're already established tourism product. Everything is cheaper here. So we kind of like pricing ourselves out to the carnival market. So, I mean, for those, I mean, now that I've experienced it, and this is my first carnival here, I, I already have my own thoughts about it. But for those who think that it's a threat, what do you say to that? Like, is there a plan to just keep trying that carnival? And I'm asking because I don't think so, but I'm asking for those who believe that because right. it's a discussion that happens every year. All right. So here's here's a reality. We want to put Jamaica um, on the map in the carnival slash soca touring. So, you know that in February is Trinidad, mm-hmm. April it must be Jamaica, May is Cayman, June right. is Bahamas, July is St. Lucia, August crop over. Right. And people must go to all of them. Yeah. So in terms of engaging the tourists, especially from the diaspora, New York, Toronto, Miami, Atlanta, we are putting ourselves on the map there. Um, we must be a force to reckon with, commensurate with Brand Jamaica. Right. If Jamaica is doing a carnival, it must be commensurate with our brand. We can't be doing something half-assed, right. pardon the expression, but that's actually the goal. The goal is actually also to 
utilize that brand and build carnival in Jamaica in a ridiculously big way and in essence expose other people to the carnival product that may not necessarily have ever been, been to Trinidad. Yeah. And then they may get interested and start to tour around. So mm. we want to introduce newbies to the carnival product. People right. who have, maybe have never even tried and therefore right. it grows right. a pie. Right. Yeah, Jamaica is going to grow under you know, our partnerships and leadership and government help and those kinds of things. But I believe that we can expose the world to a carnival product yeah. um, that we're going to benefit from and then there's still over benefit for everybody else. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I never thought about it that way, but yeah. there is indeed a carnival circuit starting yeah. with Trinidad. Mm-hmm. And people go from Trinidad, they'll go to Jamaica, they'll go to the Cayman Islands, they'll mm-hmm. go to Bahamas, yeah. Antigua, St. Lucia, St. Vincent, Grenada, mm-hmm. Barbados, Miami. Mm-hmm. And then they'll, 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 you know, they're Labor Day. They're, they're not really on the circuit, Hill. but they're yeah. little, in between the circuit, there are other carnivals mm. happening in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. You know, there are other carnivals happening. Hollywood. <laughs> Hollywood, yeah. right? Um, Notting Hill. Yeah. So there is indeed a carnival circuit. This is a circuit. It's and it lasts all And when you year. think mm. about it that way, you mm. realize how, how the soca works. Mm-hmm. So Trinidad soca takes us to probably Bahamas, well, Cayman and Bahamas and St. Martin, they all have their own soca, but our soca mm-hmm. still, pre- still dominant. dominant. So it yes. will take you, to, take you to those carnivals. And then from the time the summer carnival said that, the Antigua, St. Lucia, St. Vincent, Barbados, yeah. Grenada, you, you get a whole new crop of soca now coming out. Yeah, brand new for the summer like, carnivals, mm-hmm. which go into Trinidad Carnival. Mm-hmm. So we have some Grenada and, and, right. and Bajan so songs. So we see how it works. And then you have Trinidadian artists who will make soca mm-hmm. for those carnivals. Yeah. So it's, it's really a continuous industry. Well, that's good. I mean, that's the evolution of the industry. Yeah. And we have to start seeing it. Like, instead of saying, well, Trinidad just, we just, it's just seasonal. It mm. really isn't anymore. Well, that's, 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 that's a good way to look at it. And while we are recognizing that there's an evolution in that industry, as I said, we also have to recognize and evolve the way that the business of music is handled because coming back to this Artist Alliance um, event and their conversations about royalties and airplay and, um, and the disagreements and the arguments and that kind of stuff, the one thing that stuck with me was, as, as I said, what Fabian said, we have never evolved the business model Yes. For collecting the music. It's all well and good say that how your producer and I played on Miss Universe and they play a soccer tune and I never get paid and all that kind of stuff. The reality is there's nothing. There's nothing for you to, to get paid to. Yeah. You have to form an organization that is so we've arrived at a point, I think, in our music industry that where leadership has to kind of stand up and take its place because we have a lot of talking heads. I'm sorry to be so controversial no, at but this we point. Do. A lot but of talking heads, but we do have leaders. But Nigeria, we still have problems with regular copyright collection. Well, yes. <laughs> we still have yeah. problems there. The copyright associate, copyright organization still has issues mm-hmm. collecting monies from radio stations. And they also have problems collecting money from, from live events. Because, exactly. Because as I said, the one thing, um, another thing that came out in the, in the conversation was one of the organizations as I said, it's registered to collect neighboring royalties and it was made public and it's not a secret now that the organization hasn't paid. Hmm. They are paid the artists, but the net question was, well, who are they going to pay? And there was this debate back and forth about the payment. And I, I've always made the argument that the IP office, whose mandate is not really to, to, to regulate the industry, the intellectual property industry, they can, because one of the things that the IP office is, is advise the minister 
Yeah. On what to do or how to change the law. Yeah. Because we have this confusion that it was an annual thing every carnival about licensing parties, right? And, and that's the only time that topic comes up. Exactly. At carnival. At carnival time. So, and the IP office will stand and decide. They tried to mediate. The IP office did try to mediate some, some years ago with a WIPO representative. Um, cut didn't come to the table. The other two organizations came to the table. Yeah. And as a consequence, nothing happened. But needless to say, because nothing happened, there was a continuing con- confusion. There's a continuing, continuing lack of ability for artists to get paid for live. And of course, what's something that also came up in the event is the whole idea of how they track the music. Mm-hmm. Music is tracked digitally, digitally world based on a, a thing called an ISRC code. And it's just a digital thing and the computer will pick it up yeah. and it'll calculate it to the, to the song as it was. Um, ISRC codes are generally given out by these organizations that are registered with IFPI. Right. So Cot, as I said, is now has an MOU working towards getting this registration so that they'll be able to but, be... But we have having some overlap because it's not what the um, Music TT, what are their initiatives, to have a tracking well, system in place music, so they could know... Music TT is doing fingerprinting. It's, it's slightly right. different, right? Um, fingerprinting is, you know, it's kind of a couple seconds of the song up front. And basically it says, okay, this song is this particular song and it, it embeds that code. Right. Into the music, into a database, so that when um the song is played on the radio, computer software tracks it right. and picks it up. There's a company, a private company locally that actually has a software that can do that fingerprint music and of course track it, right? right. But um Music TT wants to do this so that in a sense to kind of police the copyright organizations, which I personally I'm not a fan of. I mean, get the get your music TT's job is to work on behalf of the industry. Exactly. For the industry to work well, make sure that these have CMOs the infrastructure in place. are there and the their enabling environment is exactly. pro- proper. Don't come in and say you want to be police and then point fingers and say, well, no, you ain't doing anything properly. Yeah. Yes, some artists will be happy about that. But then when the money runs out at the state level, it falls apart. Yeah. Create the enabling environment so that these organizations can run themselves. Right? Um. So as I said, that's the fingerprinting. The ISRC code handles the the ability to track the music but um it seems as though we're still in the era of what they call sampling so they'll they'll they wouldn't literally 24 7 track each song because mm. the idea was that every radio station will give their playlist and they will just you know do the yes, calculation yes. tabulation that doesn't happen so what they do <laughs> is they sample the songs record this recordings the, the playlist as it was the playing and they do a kind of average so there's this Loud complaints about an artist who's a songwriter who wrote a hit, who only got a little bit of money. There was an, an example that Crazy made a statement. He only got $3.85. Oh my. Um, Tree Canal only got $79 for, um, for the carnival season gone, right? Wow. We had an artist and he got more than $10,000. <laughs> right? Wow. So this is wide disparities. And the question, of course, being a, a membership organization, Cut didn't necessarily want to give answers, certainly right. in a public space like that. How they do the calculation? But that has always been a mystery. Well, and uh, the only way I guess I put, and I've I've said that how these people, these are member organizations, and it's up to members within these organizations to shake yeah. the organization head to get I answers. Remember, I remember there was an issue. Was it last year? Early last year, there was an issue with with artists and and cut, and that came up. They were mm-hmm. questioning how do you calculate. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 money to give to, to artists, give to artists they, they, yeah. nobody seemed to know. Yeah. And I remember trying to seek an interview with the president at the time, but he mm. um, ended up not leaving office shortly after. Yeah, well, 
Everybody's a big tumult in the industry. Artists yeah. come where presidents come and go. And but that really shouldn't be a mystery for the artists. Artists should know exactly how. Yeah, it's, how it's a, I think it's a right if you remember and you're part of a membership yeah. organization. Find out what the heck is going on, right? Because yeah. it it's a business. It's I a business, should know yeah. how many times my song was played. How are you calculating this money mm-hmm. I'm supposed to collect? Exactly. And what's the rate you get? Because I know that you collect four point five percent for for the whole right. event. How do I get? Where's my money? As it was, right? So they they. Certainly, they're internal I think I problems. Was told, not to cut you, but I think I was told that some of the one of the things taken into the calculation was how much money Cut had to spend on external things, like how much agents they had to hire to go to the radio stations. There to, is a to, thing to collect. There's the a thing called administrative fees, right, which is mandated. Fees, yes. yes, they're mandated or they're allowed to deduct administrative fees yes, from the from yes. the total collections, and it's out of the balance. Yes. Is how they pay the artists, right? Administrative fees float because the global, the global, there's a kind of global, um, WIPO kind of suggests, it's not a mandate, but it kind of suggests that it should never rise above 30%, right? right? And CSAC, which is the organization, the global organization of corporate organizations, have a separate figure. There's two separate organizations, but, um, they say it shouldn't go above 30%. Unfortunately, in the Caribbean and certainly in Trinidad, it's been way above 40%. Hmm. Right. I think it's also based on the fact that the royalties are not, it's 40% if you're in a large jurisdiction right. and it costs X amount of dollars to run an office. But once you, as you rightly say, when you take in factors of how hard it is to start to collect, to, to monitor yeah, because those expenses go up. Yes. They're under resourced. And then the actual cost of running an office building costs X amount of dollars. So once those, those figures are taken out, what is left is all is sometimes less than half. Three dollars. Yeah, all right. <laughs> and then you have to share that among. How do do they three, do they write a check for that? Well, <laughs> How crazy, do you do that? Crazy put crazy put a photograph of his check. It was less than four dollars. How do you write a check for less than four dollars? Well, that listen, let me tell you something. I can tell you this for a fact. They can I tell you that petty cash. There, there <laughs> is there's an organization called um, Song Exchange that collects neighboring royalties for radio station and digital radio stations in America on behalf of American artists. And there's a, a jazz artist who actually published, who took a photograph of his royalty check. It was two cents. 0. 0.02 dollars. That is crazy. And that is because there's a computer that, that generates crazy. and churns out these checks like that. They're human writing these checks. That is crazy. So that, as I said, in our, in our, in our industry here, we're small, we're playing catch up, and we have a lot of work to do in terms of getting the business right. Nothing wrong in learning and growing but we need to do some large, some large leaps to hmm. catch up as it was, because as it stands, things aren't looking too rosy and thing. That's the situation here in Trinidad. Um, and and it's, it, it's, it's, it's not unique to us. Eh? It, mm-hmm. It's a situation also in, in different parts of the Caribbean. I had found, um, I was not going to ask you, but what is the situation? Y- yeah, mm-hmm. I had found an article from Jamaica last year where the minister of this woman has a very wordy, meaty mm-hmm. title. Uh-huh. She's the Minister of Culture, Gender, Entertainment, and Sports. Everything. Everything. She's the Minister of Everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Olivia Grange. And Grange. She, Grange. Yes. Babsy Grange, I think, is a nickname. Right? Yes, Babsy Grange. Yes, I, I find met her. Woman named Grange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she came to Trinidad. I met her right. some years ago. Yes. So she was speaking to the Association of Caribbean Copywriters Societies at mm-hmm. the regional conference in Jamaica last Access. year. Mm-hmm. And she was saying that, you know, a lot of money is being taken out of the country mm-hmm. to pay foreign entities because there's so much such a heavy usage of foreign content. That's a similar thing on, that happens on in their airwaves. Right. Happens right in so she's saying also. that, you know, 50.8 million was paid to foreign societies. 
Only mm-hmm. 19.1 was paid to their, their copyright association members. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, they have to do something to increase local content, maybe through quotas. Mm-hmm. She was concerned about, you know, technological advancement, streaming, mm-hmm. the impact it's having on radio day. Um, you know, she said in 2016, U.S. streaming revenue represented 51.4% of music industry revenue. Mm-hmm. That's globally. That's globally. Globally, digital mm-hmm. downloads and ringtones represented 24.1%. Mm-hmm. Physical sales amounted to 21.8%. Sync sales, 2.7%. Mm-hmm. Streaming income represented 50% of total music industry revenue. Revenue, correct. You know, and that um, goes to labels. We're 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 in a part of the world where effectively we have independent artists. Everybody owns their own music. We don't have a label system effectively here. No. And a lot of these figures, I mean, this is one of the things I always have to be cautious about when you're reading these global figures. They're generated by the likes of IFPI of and course, these kind of things. Yeah. And IFPI represents labels, yes, right? They so do. You know, they have three majors and all independents. Yeah. So that we are part of what they call the independent music system. And the independent system. There's a group in England called AIM, and there's, we have um, variations in other other countries. We would ideally be part of that system, but we also have to come together, which is something that is yeah, not the, yes, happening yes. in Trinidad. But not just Trinidad, Tobago. but the Caribbean as well. Yeah, we need we to need, come together. We need, we need to have we need studies to be... on the Caribbean music industry, because that More is studies. what it is. <laughs> we need something. We need to, How do we know... Mm. How how do we know how many how much music is generated around the Caribbean? Well, as I said, technology is the way to, to do all the measurement and, and, now. And how, and how the music is sold? What platforms is this music is is available on? What kind of revenue stream is coming into Caribbean mm-hmm. artists? Mm-hmm. How do we know? We don't. The, the more studies have to be done. You're quite right about that. I think technology could allow it to be done easier. Data is the thing that drives music now, eh? Because yes. the biggest players in the music industry now are, are data companies. Yes. Spotify was a data company. Now Facebook and, and Apple and, and, and Google certainly maybe are getting we need, into Maybe yeah. we need our own version, our own Caribbean well, version. Having a data company is, is a new thing now. Yeah. Being a music company say, is Niger making business, records. Business idea, we should get data into Data camp technology. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, I had that name, data camp, data and camp as first yeah. four letters of my last name. And I went online. There's a, actually, there's a European company, I think it's out of Ireland, called DataCamp, a grinding a pelt big stone. Oh, because, of course, they register, and that's what they of do. Course, they're a data they company. Everything. And I'm saying, give me a break. I, I had yeah. that name in my head. I written down on a piece of paper since the 80s, but what are you going to do? If you don't yeah, register, I think, I think mm-hmm. we, need, we need something in the Caribbean to really assess what is happening in the Caribbean. Yeah, modern, the modern paradigm for the music industry is, as, as I said, is data driven. Where analytics is what drives the music. Analytics yeah. is how people decide how to market music. And we're still at, we're still in the 20th century in terms of that part of the music industry. And unless we get up and running and get with the rest of the crowd, we're going to be left behind. Yeah, because we still have artists complaining about radio. But in the meantime, how much of them available on streaming? And how much of them have a website? Oh God, Laura, you and I were in a meeting. Let us do not even go there. You and I were in a meeting. We asked yes, a question. Yes, let's don't even go there. Up the other day, I meet a certain artist. I remember, in, and I asked her, how many of you all have a website? And they're watching me. Well, I have a, have a Facebook page. Yeah. As yeah. if tomorrow morning, Facebook change the algorithm. As they do every day. But what does that happen to you? They, oh, God, well. As they do every day. But I know that, like, for instance, I have a friend in Canada, High Petal, who every day she's on Facebook asking, Mm-hmm. What is going on with Patrice? Why can't I get her music on Apple, on iTunes, on anyway? She's not on, on uh, Apple? Patrice? Apparently not. So, because wow. this, this girl loves Patrice. Wow. She wants all of Patrice's songs. She's like, why wow. can't I find this child's music 
online what is happening work to be done we have work, work to, do. to be done we have more work to do things to do while we complain about the radio we seem to f- un- fail to understand that there are other ways yeah. of Ra- getting your yeah. music Ra- radio was invented in the early 19 um, 1900s the industry grew up certainly by the 30s 40s and here we are in 2018 still talking about radio it is dominant in trinidad and tobago yes but what is happening is that we have to recognize that the way that music is put together is based on data. It's based on business models that ha- incorporate data so that CMOs are working hand in hand with, cop- um, with the, with artists and publishers. And all of this is, is put in so that artists can work on top. I understand whether you're in Trinidad or Jamaica playing carnival, soccer, wherever it is. If you ain't doing this thing properly, crap or smoke with pipe. Smoke your pipe. Smoke with pipe. Laura, we could talk forever, but here what? We will talk further because we continue to talk about the music business. I think next right. time, hopefully, we're going to be talking about jazz. We are going to be talking about I think St. Lucia jazz. jazz is coming up soon. And yes. of course, you know it's that. It's an exciting time in the Caribbean. Lots yeah. happening. More carnivals to yeah. attend. Carnivals more music, and jazz seasons. Music that events going on. We all will always have something to talk to always you guys Always will have something to talk to about it. So that's what it is for this week. I am Nigel Campbell. I'm Laura Dowridge. Phillips. you're listening to Music Matters. The Caribbean.